Should I start? Should we, start, should we start the podcast so we can actually use some of this dynamite conversation <laughs> that we're having? We are recording it. Yeah, well, but then the editor has to fix it because, you know. <laughs> Bless you, Josephine of the future. <laughs> Have you noticed how official she sounds? Oh, yes, she's, she's very proper voiced. She's very proper. Hello, she's this, is, this, this is Josephine of the future. I have stick up my bum. <gasps> I am telling her you said that. Hello, Josephine of the future here. She did tell me, and I'm very disappointed in you, Dr. J. Not really. Love you. Welcome once again to my radio voice, one of three radio voices. I have the one in which I discuss things with Dr. J, like a normal person. I have this one, which is sort of halfway between this and Josephine of the Future. And this is the one I use to welcome you all to It Is Complicated, our podcast that answers every single question with It's Complicated, including the title of this podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J. Hello, how are you this week or time or whatever time and having some kind of weird nominal thing when you're in lockdown? Okay, I love that question. There was uh, six layers to that. Let me see which one I'll answer first. (laughs) I'm not in parentheses okay. Does that do it? Sort of. Yes. There we go. Um, I'm well enough to have this conversation with you right now, Dr. J. How's that? Because otherwise we're going to just have to have a therapy session and that's okay. <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure the listener, parentheses, yes, <laughs> will be interested in that conversation as much as the one we're about to have. But before we do that, it's our favorite time to uh, introduce ourselves. So, oh, what people aren't sick of hearing me say the same line over and over and over. Well, you could you could wear you could vary it up, or you could say it in a silly voice. No. Hi, I'm Doctor no, J. No, I'm not going to do that. To you. I'm sorry. <laughs> we should introduce each I other. I can't do silly voices. I can't do silly voices because that's that would require improvisation. And as Josephine found out the first time we performed together, the one thing I cannot do is improvise. That's my intro today. Well, there you go. But who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm Dr. J. I'm pretty much a fucking time lord. So I work for a company called ThoughtWorks. They allowed me to write my own job title, which was Harbinger of Change. I grew up in New Zealand, which allowed me to write my own gender, transgressive, non-binary, gender, queer. So effectively, I am what happens when you allow queers to self-define. But I am pretty much a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because branding which is also a line from, from Sarah Ahmed. So I went to one queer theory lecture once. I picked up one word from there, hashtag queer nuisance, and I've been using it ever since. I, does that make me a queer theorist now? I think so. Oh, fantastic. Oh, my God. So who are you then, Josephine, oh after, after giving me so much grief? Question. I apologize for the grief that I've given you. I, I, I do because trying to define myself is also complicated. Um, 
So I'm trying to boil it. No, you should know as your editor, I should tell you that you do actually give a different description of yourself every time. It is the same words, but you do inflect it differently. It it means it's very easy to edit and I really appreciate it. My name is Josephine Baird. I, I, I like ice cream and walks on the beach. I also occasionally am an activist, an independent scholar and a artist, sometimes performance, sometimes visual. You can see my stuff on the internet, which is where you're probably listening to this now, unless you're from the future and you're somehow hearing this through some sort of mind meld, in which case, welcome to my brain. Please try to leave it tidy when you leave. It's a mess right now, so I don't even bother. So, so after all of this, what did we decide to talk about this week? Uh, yes, the decision-making process was difficult, but we uh, managed to fall upon a subject that is very complicated if you happen to be queer. Age. Well, most people think of age as just your chronological age. That is one of those normative things that people expect, because we don't do things at the pace that everyone else does. Because things happened in our lives, like for example, when I grew up in New Zealand, it was illegal to be gay until I was 16. And that changed how you think about your sexuality if you're told that it's illegal or if it's constantly under discussion on television in a negative space. If you can't really explore your sexuality until you're well past your teenage years, like I didn't even get a chance to discover my sexuality till my mid-twenties and beyond, and you don't know what gender you are, you don't have any words for it, you are playing around with your sexuality and wondering why it's not quite working or why you don't feel quite like the word that everyone keeps using for you or the notion that everyone keeps using for you. So I always used queer to describe my sexuality rather than lesbian. And some of that, I think, was me trying to say, hey, I don't feel quite within this box, but I don't quite know the box that I fit in. So I didn't get to play around with my gender till I was 35, 36 when I came to the UK. So that means that I'm doing things that ages that are quite out of step with other people of my age. Most people of my age had relationships, had sexual relationships, played around with their gender and their notion of identity when they were between 16 and 23. By 24, they were solid in who they were. At 24, I'd only just discovered, oh, sex might be fun with somebody else. (laughs) You know, and you kind of, and that puts you really out of kilter with your, with your age contemporaries, with your peers. Yeah, and what does that word really mean then, peer? If you aren't at the same stage that is supposedly related to a number, a literal chronology, then who are your peers, really? This is related to something that I've thought of for a long time, which is that if you ask someone to describe another person in terms of their age especially if it's someone they don't know they seem to be able to manage to do it relatively well if that person fits into certain norms if they're outside of those norms yeah if they're outside those norms it's very hard to tell what age they are from looking at them because that is a cultural marker that we all bear if we're following that norm norms norms insist that we behave in certain ways dress ourselves in certain ways, move in certain ways, speak in certain ways at different ages, literally. So to act one's age is a phrase that is very, very common. 
And it's also so common and the cultural impact is so strong that we can look at someone and guess their age to quite a surprising margin. Unless, of course, you don't fit the norm, in which case you're almost completely unreadable. It's not just how you look, it's also how you live. The things that you're interested in, the things that you talk about, the places where you're likely to live. I live in central London. It's not usual for somebody who's in their 50s to still live in central London unless they're outside of the economic norm. And the economic norm is to be on the housing ladder, to have bought your flat in your 20s, to have upgraded to your two-bedroom flat in your 40s and to in your 50s you are in the semi-detached three-bedroom house somewhere that's kind of the norm of how a lot of the people who are my age contemporaries are because we came through the economic booms and busts at particular times have been able to function whereas as a queer with irregular employment at times and things like this and slightly different focuses in my life I've 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 not fitted that norm so even where I live is and what furniture I have and what I value within my house is different to my peers to my age peers to oh actually I like the word age contemporaries because it's people who we're of a similar age we are going through similar things medically our bodies are falling apart to the same extent we have to take meds at particular times but I'm going through it there's a sense of me being a lot younger, a lot more immature than my age contemporaries because the stuff that I do is very much out of step. I will still DJ a party occasionally. I will be out at a nightclub till two in the morning more than once every six months. That expression out of step is really useful for this notion because that's exactly what it is. It's this trajectory that you're not following. Therefore, you're not predictable, which means we can't read on your body how old you are culturally. I can't say, oh, that person is within their 30s, for example, because of the way you are dressed or the way you behave, the things that you do, where you live, your economic Mm. circumstances and what you, as you rightly say, value. Because all of these things are associated with certain decades of your life or certain five-year increments you know, oh, that person behaves that way. They're sort of in their mid-20s. And as you say, for those of us who break that norm, we have to forge a different path, one that isn't Mm. preset, one that doesn't have those markers along the road, one that doesn't have a clear trajectory. And so we may learn things sooner and other things later. We may enact certain things sooner and other things later. We may wear things that are not congruent with our chronological age and the culture that we exist in, these things happen. And for trans people, there is a a narrative that I've come across quite regularly, which is this sort of mourning of a childhood that you didn't have, which means that it's very difficult to try and have a congruence between that and your current identity, your current age. If you didn't have the childhood that you wanted, if you didn't have the adolescence you wanted, I didn't grow up and have the markers of somebody who would have had those things as a cis person. However, one of the things that I did do was that I transitioned very early when I was transitioning. So that's 20 years ago. And when I was transitioning 20 years ago, I was the youngest person I knew who was doing it. 
which was really weird and very, very difficult for me. And I found it really, really hard to engage in social networks. I found it very difficult to find peer support. The people I did meet really didn't get me. And we had a really hard time communicating, not because age necessarily had that impact, but because they were in such different aspects of their lives. And I was a different place as well. And so we didn't have that common ground. And so now, weirdly enough, 20 years on, I suddenly realize I feel significantly older than all the people I see transitioning now, much younger. And I've seen trans people express, and I'm going to use the word envy here rather than jealousy. They're not jealous in the sense of, I wish I had the thing you have. They're envious of the positivity that they see in the younger generation, those people who are able to do this younger because of the opportunities that they have that we didn't. And I appreciate that, but I also appreciate the bravery of someone having to do that at a younger age. And as someone who did it somewhat on my own, I really am glad that the younger trans people, the younger queers have each other. I look at the younger queers and I'm like, I think envy is the right word. I, I look there and go, I so wish I could have had that when I was that age. But it wasn't a safe time for me to work through some of that sexuality and gender identity. And I think that's part of it is there are people who've had to delay their transition, who've had to delay their exploration of gender, their exploration of sexuality until it is safe for them to do so. And I think that's really important. You can't turn around to somebody and say, you have to do this now. You're 25. You should have figured this out by now. You're 25. Fuck it. Take your time. And when you feel safe, work through those emotions and those feelings and all of that stuff that boils up inside you that doesn't make any sense until suddenly you start being able to put it together. I know this notion that you're talking about somebody saying, oh, but, you know, surely you should have known, surely you should have been able to manage. And it's like, with what resources? Mm. At what resources and what age and when can you access those things, especially if you are of an age that we as a society decide that you're not old enough to make certain decisions. The notion I always thought was really funny when I was younger was like, if they even allowed people to be gay, it was technically legal by the time I came to England. But I mean, literally by the year I came to England, that it was legal to be gay. So even if they were talking about it in those terms, it was like, oh, well, at 15 or 16 or 17, how, how on earth could you know that you're gay? Would be the thing I would hear a lot. You know, and it's like, yeah, but how do you know you're straight? You presume yeah. that from year dot. <laughs> how on earth shouldn't I know that I'm trans from the year dot? Which I did. I just didn't have a word for it, especially at that age. I wasn't given one. I wasn't given a word for that until I was, what, in my teens, and by then I'd already struggled with it and it caused tremendous problems. And so much so that it has an immeasurable effect on my mental health and definitely on my development. And there's no theory to back that up. There's no resources for that. If you study psychology as I did, you can study developmental psychology and they will tell you often, like, well, there's these measurable states of which people go through these developments. If you want to read Freud and be really depressed, you can read that. But that doesn't count. That doesn't actually work for anyone who doesn't live in that norm mm. and doesn't ascribe Completely. to that norm. In fact, they're damaged by that notion of development, that notion of prescribed development. Boys act this way, girls act that. It follows your whole life. We'll get onto workplaces at some point. The TLDR, 
or the TR will eventually listen, um, have had a lot of workplace bullying, have had a lot of workplace trauma. And one of the weird things is, is that I've never been promoted before. I've never been successfully promoted in the role that I do. I've never had a role change or anything like that. So when I'm applying for it, everyone just assumes that at 50, I've done it multiple times. They don't think I'm like a 25-year-old. They don't think that I'm going through the same emotions and same fears and same worries that somebody who's 25 would do on top of all of the trauma that I've got. So I'm kind of sitting there going, this is really, really, I'm really struggling with this. It's really, really difficult. And I can understand why people go, mm, no, I just won't, I just won't even bother applying, no matter how good you are, because you've got to overcome so much. And it also means, weirdly, that I come across as younger, not just because of how I look. And I do have bright blue hair, but it's a lot of the stuff that my age contemporaries seem to find so easy. I don't because I'm not part of that group. And immediately my differences are multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And it just means it's taken me a long time to reach the same point as my age contemporaries. I'm actually a good 10 years behind in my career simply because of my ability to build some of those relationships, my ability to understand some of those relationships, my ability to be confident in some of those spaces. And that's not just because of the workplace trauma. That's also because of doing things at slightly different times, doing things at, at different times to my age contemporaries, doing things out of sync. I think there's a lot of queers who it's hard enough being a teenager when you're then trying to get an education in your trying to figure out your gender and your sexuality and you've got hormones flooding through your body and everything else that goes on with being an adolescent. I understand why education falls by the side and people will come back to the education as adult students because they're functioning out of band. They're functioning away from their age contemporaries. And that's something that people need to recognize. And I think it's a really weird thing to have to deal with that everyone sees you as being in a slightly different band or a slightly different age all the time. I can only agree in the sense that the story you just described could just as easily have been mine, because it is. I mean, I could match most of my history in the last two decades onto that story. You just told my education that I was pursuing was very much halted by those factors in the same way. And I've been trying to come back to it in the last year or two somewhat successfully, sometimes not so much, in part because I think it's odd for someone of my age to try to come back to something once they've had to stall it in order to cope with things that those people who don't break those norms just don't have to or even are completely unaware of and don't have to process those traumas, don't have to deal with that forging of your own path. And that may sound very romantic. Ah, oh, I did it my way forge my own path forward. Very rarely is that true. And as much as I am glad that I forged my way in the way that I did eventually, it was by far not a painless journey. And if my forging of my path might help anyone else, I would be absolutely thrilled and delighted because maybe then those people can have a childhood and adolescence, their 20s, their 30s, without having to do what I did, without having to break my momentum in the way that I did and not have to then suffer or deal with it later on, which I am now doing, and lose the years that I lost to that process. 
I won't say that I regret where I am now, far from it. I consider myself tremendously lucky and in a wonderful position. But that is a product of having to do that work at the cost of everything else, at the cost of those things that other people would have done by the time that they're my age. And so, yeah, perhaps I'll be mistaken for someone younger and someone might think of that as a boon and go, oh, but you should be happy that people think you're 30 or 20. It's like, yeah, well, except for when you're not treated that way and when you're seen as odd because of it and when people go, well, yeah, I don't know if I can hire you because, you know, you look and act like you're 20, but you're not. And, you know, um, like Jay just said, you know, I'm not going to, promote you because it's difficult and you're not really fitting my usual i don't know silhouette for someone who's in this position so it's more complicated than i'd like to work with and i can think of a million reasons why i won't do that so i'll I'll pick one of those and then i'll hire the 20 something over you because mm. x y and z it's very easy to do because you don't fit that norm and as much as individuality is lauded in certain places i actually think that that's a bit of a smokescreen because individuality to a point, as long as you match pretty much the norm in every other aspect of your life. And we or just... some of the norms. <laughs> and we just don't. Yeah. Neither is <clears throat> Also, I just wanted to say, in defense of ThoughtWorks, they are really understanding some of the stuff that I'm going through and making space, A, for me to work through it, but also understanding how that reflects their processes and, and taking time to go, okay, how do we help you? How do we help you through this? How do we work with you? How do we help you be the best that you can be and bring all of you to work? Because there are places where my differences was very obviously the reason that I wasn't promoted or I wasn't employed or my employment wasn't continued. And they're called out. And some of it was Joe Parslow taught me the word chrononormativity and the fact that I am non-chrononormative. So time, chrono, normative. It's kind of one of those things of the moment we start being non-chrononormative, we start messing with people's ideas of where you should be. Even though I didn't go through things the way everyone else did, there's a lot of value in all of the stuff that I did in the meantime. It's kind of like playing Skyrim and not playing the main quest line the way that everyone expects and spending your time going off and doing a lot of side quests. The experience that you gain by doing all of those side quests actually helps you do the main quest. Culturally, we lord one thing verbally and demonstratively and performatively, but what we actually mean is something quite different. So we'd be like, we believe that you should be able to change your mind and learn from your mistakes, except for if you've made a mistake, we're not going to let you make another one because, oh, you're a mistake maker. Yeah. We're so invested culturally in the notion that we have a narrative of our life. Our life follows this narrative. Now, maybe we learn a few things along the way. We stop being a little naive in this area we stop being a little bit more hopeful in another you know that notion of like older people are conservative and younger people are more liberal in that sense you know horrific dichotomy these are the narratives that we can accept and the changes that we can somewhat accept because those are prescribed changes those are changes we accept that you in your 10s you do this in your 20s you do this because what we culturally say we actually venerate, which is this notion of change and, and learning, and you're never too old to learn, that really is true. You should be in that state. We should allow that, especially when we curtail so many opportunities to develop to those people who are simply fitting a certain mold, who look a certain way, act a certain way, have a certain skin color that is normal, a certain age that is appropriate, a certain class, a certain income, a certain nationality, a certain ability. 
your development and experience that you've gained in other arenas that you find tremendously valuable that you've been able to have now, but at a very different time in your life than you mm. would have been able to have them had you been accepted as you are at a much younger age. So, you know, I, I read these horrific reports about people trying to explain away why there are so many more people coming out at a younger age saying, oh, it's fashionable now. They're learning from their peers. Oh, please. Yeah, because it's so easy doing this that we just do it for fashion. No, they're doing it at a younger age because they have the language now. They have the laws that mean that they're not going to go to jail if they do it. And they are forging ahead bravely because it's still really hard at a younger age because they have a few more resources, not a lot more, a few more. And they're grabbing onto them with both hands and they're forcing themselves forward. And I, for one, am absolutely thrilled to see it but it's got nothing at all to do with suddenly being fashionable to be trans or queer. Cause God knows I've heard that one. And I'm just like, well, if it was fashionable, darling, wouldn't you all be doing it? I think it's also that notion of safety. There are people you can talk to about it. I mean, one of the things that I find interesting compared to my age contemporaries, and I, I love using that word now is that I have a much wider, much more varied social circle in terms of age. So my social circle has somebody who's in their 90s, has people in their 60s and 70s, has people who are the same age as me, has people who are in their 30s and 40s, and has people in their 20s and even their early 20s. And some people, frighteningly, in their late teens, because 18-year-olds who were born in 2002 can now go to a fucking bar, and that blows my mind. But you're out, you're enjoying yourself, you're being able to be yourself. That's just amazing. But it's rare to have somebody in their 50s have contact with all of those age groups. And I think it's something that actually helps you really have a much wider empathy and a much wider understanding because so many of us go through and the only people we have contact with our part, a lot of people's partners are within a couple of years of them. Maria is 13 years younger than me. She has an entirely different set of cultural references, movies, cartoons, all of those things that she grew up with are very, very different to mine, despite even across country, they're just incredibly different. I started watching some TikTok. Most of the people on TikTok, I'm like, you are frighteningly young. And yet watching how they talk to each other, how they interact with each other. And it's quite a different age group to the people who are talking on YouTube, which is quite different from the people who talk on podcasts. The people on podcasts tend to be a little bit older, but it is one of the cool things of being queer. And it's one of the great things of being in this non-chrononormative that I still DJ in clubs. I still go out clubbing. I don't go out clubbing once every six months. I go out usually about when I can go out clubbing. Um, I go out once a week. I'm currently helping Tech Queer House Party, which is an online party during lockdown of people partying. Queers dancing in their house to the same music that's playing and being able to see themselves on, on Zoom and have that interaction. And it's kind of looking at a whole pile of people who are vastly younger than me, vastly different lives, and realizing how brilliant it is to provide a safe space that people can actually go and have those interactions and 
that again is one of those beauties of being non-chrononormative, of being outside of that normative thing, because most of my age contemporaries are not partying to banging music till two on a Saturday morning and then waking up and and making your own version of, of, of a greasy spoon brunch. Well, I think it's interesting because we've gone from one end to the other is that we started off with discussion about the complications, the difficulties that are thrown our way because we're not chrononormative. And I'm going to use that word because I think it's fabulous. The interruptions in our development that might have happened in other ways that people would understand and that causes us to be interrupted even more, to limit our possibilities and limit our opportunities. And I can most certainly say that I have definitely fallen into those traps and those holes and it's been painful and even recently I've been trying to navigate that but as you say recently I also accidentally joined a band <laughs> and I also accidentally started a podcast with my friend and carried on a tradition of the weirdest stuff that I was doing when I was 20 and I found my way back to that and my wife told me yesterday you found your way back to yourself and I was like oh yeah I used to do this maybe I am this person I thought if it was a product of my youth maybe it's not maybe it's me and the normal age gates that would be very much close to me at this age that would say well don't act like that that's you're acting like you're in your 20s actually they're not closed because Hell, I'm going to get discriminated on the basis of that. So I might as well also be aware of the fact that there are some advantages. And you're right. My social circle involves people of all ages at different times of their chronological life, but find themselves having things that they can relate to in their emotional, social, cultural life that is relevant. So I can speak to someone who is 16 and someone who's 80 and I have a very similar understanding because we both have had to deal with that chrono non-normativity. For right now, it seems that we've come back to the simple notion that age non-normativity isn't that complicated after all. It's just really fun and you should all do it because it's big and it's clever and all the cool kids are doing it. Kids are doing it. I also like the notion of celebrating. While it's complicated, while it's, it is difficult to be out of step at times with society, it's also understanding there's a lot more people through various intersections of normativities who are also out of step with society. And it's being proud of that and going, hey, there's more of us who are non-chrononormative than there are people who are chrononormative. There are more people who are outside of that band than are inside that band and, and being very proud of that. Well, I think that's the great cultural myth, isn't it? That normativity is somehow also the majority. And it's always talked like, oh, the majority and you're a minority. It's like, actually, no, the normative position is a minority. That's how they remain normative, because they keep that club for themselves, which means the rest of us are by far the majority. So you're quite right, Dr. J. The chrono non-normative experience is by far the norm. If you've enjoyed our conversation this week. You can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash itiscomplicated, all one word, and help us make more fabulous queer things. Or leave us a review. Do one of the things that everyone tells you to do on iTunes on every podcast. Leave us a review, blah, 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 because no like, it apparently it does something to the algorithm. It'd right. be great. because like, it, because subscribe, it's more... hit the bell, press the badger. Mushrooms, snake, ah, the snake, and all of those who've we're on the internet in the early 2000s laugh and everyone else goes, what? Yes, age-appropriate humour. 
the best kind of humor. Speaking of, what are we going to do next week, Dr. Joe? What did she do this week? And be aware I'm bleeping this out and or editing it, but carry on. Uh, So, so actually, can I put this in because this is a bit that I forgot to say. One of the things that I was terrified of as I turned 50 was that I would suddenly become a turf because that seemed to be the thing that everyone in the world, as they hit 50, they suddenly became this gender critical, trans exclusionary radical type person who would suddenly say all trans people are wrong and everything. And I was terrified as I turned 50 that that would happen to me. Now, everyone laughed, but it's a true fear. Because when you look around at the people when they turn 50, whether it was just turning 50 or you've now reached the point where you've got money or something like that, you suddenly, or you've got some power within the world, you can say, but I am being silenced by these trans activists, trans right activists, and I have to go out and do all these things. And I worried about that as I came to 50. Did it happen? (laughs) (laughs) no did it bollocks but now to switch back yeah yeah no we can keep this at the end i don't see why not i mean age age is not destiny but we we can fear those things i certainly feared getting Mm. older until i realized that actually i am in a place where i'm happy and this is much better than it was even if i would have been able to get to this place at 20 i haven't lost anything along the way thankfully too much other than opportunity. And now I'm lucky enough to make some of my own. But no, I I get it. I can understand that fear. And watching people do that has been very depressing. But one of the things I've realized, because I've seen a few people do this now, is that the truth is that they were never interested in trans people having rights. They were never interested in us. They always were transphobic. They just now have reached either an age or an opportunity or a cultural moment when they can express it. And that's why that demographic seems so cohesive and homogenous. It's not anything to do with your age or some hormone that goes off in your brain when you turn 50. It's entirely to do with the fact that you suddenly have the opportunity to. Now that might come with age. As you rightly say, you might have more chance. You might have more money. You might be more secure. You might be more frightened of being taken over by others. It's possible, but it's far from necessary. And yeah, Dr. J, I'm afraid to say, you're with us to the end. Mm-hmm.